0: So we can see with our bodies that they're of the nature to arise and stay for a while and then um, pass on. And it's the same for our hearts as well and the things that we feel in the heart, whether that's happiness or sadness, whether those qualities in the heart are skillful or unskillful qualities. They all arise, stay for a short time and then cease. And that's just how things are. All of these conditions follow the nature of anicca, dukkha, anatta, of inconstancy, um, stress, or suffering, and not-self. So in this world, having been born into this world, we have to meet with the eight worldly dhammas, that of gain and loss. So when we meet with gain, we also have to get loss as well. And we meet with both praise and blame. There's fame and disrepute and there's happiness and sadness. And so the Buddha taught that all of the things in this world, they um, are subject to these conditions. And so whenever we experience one of them, any one of these worldly conditions, then we should use that as an object for contemplation and see how that falls under these three characteristics. That whether it's gain or loss, whether it's praise or blame, fame, disrepute, happiness, suffering, it all um, abides by these laws of anicca, dukkha, anatta. So this body that we take to be me or mine, we can see that after it's born, it starts to degenerate. Maybe we're very strong now, but that strength gradually, slowly, little by little, leaves us. And in the end, these bodies have to break apart and decay, and that's simply their nature. It's the law of nature for the world to be just this way. So when we gain an understanding of that, that the bodies that we have or all of the material things in this world are like this. We'll be able to see how these conventions are created. And when we contemplate into the nature of convention, then we'll understand the Dhamma within our own hearts. We'll be able to let go and put down all of the feelings of happiness or sadness that we may feel. And however much we're able to let go, we'll experience the diminishing of pain and suffering to that same degree. So training ourselves in samadhi in gathering the mind together is something very important. And this whole path of sila samadhi banya, of morality, um, of the collectedness and firmness of heart, and of wisdom, it gives the mind a strong basis. And especially this samadhi, when we're able to give our minds uh, the strength of that collection, then whenever, uh, or oh, sorry, the External sense objects just won't be able to come in and aggravate our minds. And so we'll experience great peace. And from that, we can contemplate with the nature of nama and rupa, of mentality, physicality, and see clearly these three characteristics within them that there's no being, there's no self, there's no other. And the mind then turns empty. If we take things personally, then there's always going to be separation and conflict that arises. But if we contemplate that there's no self, then this leads us to a place of emptiness. When the Buddha attained to the Dhamma, he did so through seeing the nature of all physicality and mentality, that it's all anicca, dukkha, anatta, And then he took that knowledge that he gained to teach us, this heartwood of the Dhamma. But before we can experience or reach that heartwood, we have to um, do the necessary practices first that lead up to it. We have to train ourselves in samadhi. And before that, we have to uh, develop morality. We train in generosity And we try to um, develop as much goodness as we can right here in the present moment. Because we see that the um, merit that we create, it gives us results right here and now. This result of happiness within our heart. And just as if we're hungry and we eat, then we feel full right here in the present moment. Or if we're hot and we take a shower, then there's coolness that arises. And merit is the exact same. And also demerit or unskillful, unwholesome acts, they follow this as well. So whenever we do something unwholesome, then we experience the grief or the anguish of that in our hearts right here and now. So these things always give us results in the present moment. When we come to know the nature of merits and of evil acts, then we should um, do our best to pursue those good acts and abandon the unwholesome, the unskillful, um, and then come to train our minds in uh, developing samadhi. We can do this both at home and at the monastery, So when you come to the monastery and sit meditation, then um, it's a suitable environment and you learn how to do it. But then when you get back home, you can carry on that practice as well. As we train and cultivate our minds, they'll experience peace through that. Um, And this is something that's very useful for us to train in because throughout just the course of one day, we meet with huge amounts of sense objects, different things that come in through um, our various sense organs, through our eyes, our ears, our nose, uh, tongue, and body. And they come in and enter our hearts. And if we don't have wisdom, then the mind will constantly be chasing after all of these, um, aggravating and uh, causing the heart to feel very disturbed and unsettled. But if we do have mindfulness and wisdom, then none of these sense objects can stir up the heart. So we can see that the reason that we're feeling unsettled, ill at ease, is because our hearts don't have enough mindfulness and wisdom. So when that's the case, they'll go and attach um, to all the things that they experience. It's necessary then for us to train our minds. And as the Buddha taught, the well trained mind brings happiness. And if we don't train our minds, then who will do it? No one else can do it for us. So we need to take this inner nature of knowing, um, the one that knows, to train our hearts. If we just follow our defilements, um, then they'll constantly be bringing us suffering, and this will just happen over and over again without end. But if we come to train our minds and bring up wisdom, then we'll gain an awareness that's up to speed with all of the things that we experience and that is able to know the world in time. We'll know what the world is like. And we'll be able to see that the things that people understand as being true in this world, they're not true, that there's no essence to it. When we can see things in this light, that means that we've understood the teachings of the Buddha. But the beginning of this path is in faith that we have this belief, this inspiration in the teachings. We have faith in the Buddha, even though we weren't there um, while he was alive, and we never met him, and we haven't seen him. But it's also not sure, maybe we did meet him, but we just can't remember it now. But even though this is the case, we still have faith. We have faith that he was born in Lumpini Park, and that he um, did the ascetic practices in the cave. And then he uh, went to Bodhgaya and experienced awakening under the Bodhi tree. He then travelled to the deer park in Saranath to teach the Dhamma for the first time. And then he taught uh, throughout the rest of his life until his passing into a final Nibbana in uh, Kusinara. So we have faith that these things actually happened. And we also bring up this conviction, the sata, in the Dhamma that the Buddha taught, and that this Dhamma truly does lead us out of suffering. We have faith in the Sangha, in the awakened beings who have followed this path of practice, such as uh, Venerable Ajahn Man and Venerable Ajahn Cha. And For these awakened beings, um, we can see as evidence of the purity of their heart that after their cremation, their remains turned into relics. And this is due to the the Dhamma that imbued their minds, uh, this purity of Dhamma that led to their bones turning into jewels. So, the, and the teachings that these awakened beings um, taught was the same path that the Buddha laid down. Having this faith within us, we then go to build up goodness because we see that the days and nights pass by very quickly, and the world spins relentlessly, and it both spins uh, on its own and also revolves around the sun and one year passes by in a flash. You can see that the rains retreat has already gone by very quickly. What's um, been spent of the rains retreat has gone by and there's not much time left. (laughs) So this all passes quickly. And what are we doing with our time? How well are we using it? Have we built up sufficient merit yet is our morality in a good state what about our samadhi is that to a sufficient level and have we raised up much wisdom in our hearts The skillful acts that we've done what about those have we done enough of them if we have wisdom then We won't um, follow along with the chaos of the world. The world won't be a chaotic experience for us. And even though there are these many enticing sense objects that we meet with, that try to pull us into states of liking or aversion, we won't get caught by that, because we'll see and understand into the nature we'll know that even if we get something new, it'll quickly turn into something old. And just as this body, that we were very happy when we were born, but along with birth comes old age and then sickening, sickness and then death. And when we look at things in the light of dharma, then we'll see them in this way. So no matter what we're experiencing, whether we're feeling elated, joyful, then we know that and we have mindfulness. If we're feeling upset, we're mindful. Whether we like something, we dislike something, we're mindful of that. And we see its nature to arise, last for a while and cease. Just arise, last and cease. So this path of practice will... Lead us to a place of santi, of true peace. We understand that the people in this world have a lot of greed, hatred, and delusion, and that's what causes the world to be such an unsettled and unpeaceful place. And so the Buddha taught us about this greed, hatred, and delusion. And even during the time of the Buddha, these same things that are happening in the world right now happened then. There were various uh, kingdoms that had been established. So there was the uh, Kosala kingdom and Avanti kingdom and um, uh, Magadha kingdom. And they waged war on each other um, quite frequently. The people within those kingdoms experienced happiness and suffering just like people now. And so when one king went to wage war on another kingdom, either they would win or they would lose. And this is due to the karma that uh, these various beings had um, made in the past. So when we contemplate the nature of the world and see that these worldly dhammas um, pervade the world, um, that when we meet with uh, happiness, we'll meet with suffering. When we meet with gain, we'll meet with loss. When we meet with praise, we'll also get blame or criticism. When there's fame, there's disrepute. We see that it's just this way. With birth comes old age, and then following on from that comes sickness, and then death. So knowing that there isn't really any true essence or real meaning to the things of this world, then we should come to practice the Dhamma, seeing that our hearts are of great value, or of more value than anything in this world the heart that has the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha as its refuge, that is endowed with the gems of the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, uh, is a very precious thing. And it's not the case that people who are very wealthy are also very happy. We can see that there are many people in this world who have vast amounts of wealth, but they don't have much happiness. And there are also some people who have very little money, but they are quite happy. However, however much dhamma we gain in our hearts, then to that degree, our minds will experience less pain and less suffering. They'll be less chaotic. So the Buddha taught us that we should develop our bharamis and we should practice meditation, raise up and build up as much goodness as we can with the life that we have left, with the remaining breaths that we have. Because when these, bra- these breaths run out, then our life ends. And if we've developed, if we've been devoted to um, developing generosity and developing morality and meditation. And then we won't be upset by that because we'll see that we've done the best we can. So with the time that we have left, we should um, cut and polish our hearts um, as best we can. And just like we would cut and polish a diamond. And when it's in a very refined state like that, then it'll be of great wealth. And our minds, our hearts, are just the same. Or a lotus that starts off um, with its roots in the mud, but it grows and grows until it breaks through the water and it blossoms. And there's a great fragrance, a very beautiful fragrance that um, comes out of it. And so our hearts are very important. And they're very precious and, and noble things. So we should try to develop them, cultivate them. We should cut and polish them just as we would a precious jewel. And we do this through the path of sila samadhi panya, through this noble path that the Buddha taught. And we take our hearts to walk on this way until they reach happiness, a true happiness. Even though we live in a family life, Um, It's still possible to do that well, to have morality together. And we can practice meditation together too, developing our paramis together. Lay people can also know the Dhamma, can see into the truth, see that all things that are of the nature to arise will cease. And just like our breath as we sit in meditation, it comes in and it stays for a while and then it leaves. We see that all things are just that way. When our bodies run out of breath, then that's death. And this death, when it comes, what can we possibly want from the world? So when we contemplate like this, we won't be heedless. And we can see that one day we're going to have to die. So what's the point in getting angry? What's the point in being greedy over things? That everyone has to die. And so why create any more suffering in this world? So when our minds have the Dhamma, then they'll be imbued with a great source of goodness. Um, And so all of us should try to... um, cultivate this path and be really devoted to building up as much goodness as we can. And I feel as though I've explained enough uh, about the Dhamma for the time being. So may all of you grow in the Dhamma.